Welcome or welcome back to Backstage at the Customer Experience. I'm your host, Kathleen Peterson, founder and chief vision officer of Powerhouse Consulting. I've spent over 30 years in the contact center industry. I've had the good fortune to work with some of the top customer-focused companies across multiple industries. I speak candidly about everything, but particularly as it relates to delivering on the promises of the customer experience. From the C-level to the cube level, I've explored what it takes to deliver a five-star experience. This podcast is designed to share those insights and have some fun while we're at it. Today's topic is part two, goodbye 2020. (laughs) Hello 2021. What are the lessons learned? In the first episode, we talked about, I'm joined today with my um, good friend and senior consultant, Dennis Hauser. So Dennis and I discussed uh, in the last episode, the fact that disruption exposes strengths and weaknesses in the organization and discuss the fact that our observations really led us to believe that leadership has been the greatest strength while technology readiness was the greatest uh, weakness. We also had um, a couple of other things that we talked about, Dennis. We talked about hiring and we talked about training and we left another couple of topics for today. And I think it's important that we um, not only look at the hiring and, and, and training, but then also look at the, you know, the tools and the environment and the assistance. So we're going to talk about the knowledge base or access to relevant, actionable information. Uh, and we're going to talk about assistant escalation management. That's all the good stuff. I am ready to go. There is nothing like it, really. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about it truly, we say this, I jokingly say there's nothing like it, but I'm really talking about from a knowledge perspective, gosh, imagine having what you need to resolve the queries that you're uh, hired to deal with or resolve, I guess. In real time or near real time? Well, and exactly right. And I think that's one of the um, interesting things here. It's in near time or here time and it's premise and it's remote. And I think one of the things that we've gleaned from 2020 is that the remote workforce is much more critically dependent on the quality of the information and job aids in something like a knowledge base than probably ever before. Absolutely. And and what we have to remind everyone and keep reminding ourselves is there's no going back. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know that um, in order to change habits, you know, what do they say? They say uh, 30 days, it, it turns into a habit. 90 days, it's a permanent behavior change. Well, we've been doing remote work at home now in the COVID era uh, longer than 90 days. So no one's going back. We have to wrestle with uh, going forward. Well, I think that's a good point. And as we go forward, we really need to, as an industry, encourage people to go back into that remote workforce environment and look at where, again, maybe it's against strengths and weaknesses, but these folks who are working remotely, as I think we discussed previously, have left the village. 
uh, we observed um, in more than one situation uh, clients who the, 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 the agents, as they were preparing to move to work from home, they were observed taking, you know, their own personal knowledge base out of the office that was made up of post-it notes, printouts, and well-worn uh, job aids, plucking them from their cubicles, placing them carefully in folders so that they wouldn't, you know, deteriorate on the uh, on the uh, on on the trans on the on the mission. I or think the, the lamination industry saw a little peak as all the call center agents uh, went home. You know, honestly, I think um, as much as we want to believe as a modern society that we're paperless, um, I struggle to see that actually occurring because. Uh, and can you imagine if they put a lamination? tool in the call center it'd be the longest line <laughs> zero <laughs> abandons i really want this this will last so much longer if i put some plastic on I, it i've seen i've seen agents uh that put uh, those little mini whiteboards in their office so that they can uh that's how they update their notes to themselves is wipe it off and and draw it back in well, they're innovative. I mean, I think that's really an, an example of when you look at the sort of wallpaper on the cubicles in a lot of organizations, these agents, that's an indication to me they really want to do the job well. Uh, they, they, they're gonna, if you're not going to help them, they're going to help themselves because you they want to uh, do a good job. You're, you're exactly right. And, and um, you, just, you just triggered a memory of mine where... Um, architects, when they build new campuses, like a, a university campus or a business campus, the last thing they put in are the sidewalks. They wait to see where the grass gets tramped down as people are walking from building to building, and that's where they put the sidewalks. In, in enabling agents to take their stuff home is one thing, but Everybody should have taken a snapshot of all the stuff they put up there and said, that's the knowledge base we need to provide to them remotely. Because they've already put it up. They've already told you what's important for You're, them in the day-to-day. Jay, -day. wouldn't it have been nice if someone had gone around and really taken a few snapshots? Because I think when we look at a lot of organizations, they will say, but we have a knowledge base but it's often a collection of FAQs presented in, you know, dense paragraph form. Uh, information can be out of date. Uh, it rarely, if ever, provides a step-by-step -step support for systems, you know, for, for, to use applications to solve some sort of customer problem. You know, the knowledge base for a contact center has to consider this factor of time to solution. How long is it going to take the individual contributor to uh, find and read and interpret and present to the caller. You know, we've got people on the phone right now. So the architecture of a knowledge base is really more in the guided conversation uh, universe. The and it has to be because there, the there is nothing less um, uh, inspiring than being a customer talking to an agent as the agent is reading out loud <laughs> to you 
so you're you're both learning at the same time. I was on a call, I think, with Delta uh, once, you know, back when we used to fly places. And every single – I think I was trying to change my ticket or whatever I was trying to do. Almost everything I asked the agent, you could hear someone sitting next to them. And the agent, she was – Blah, 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 and then she came back. So I finally said to her, with all due respect, can I talk to the person you're talking to? <laughs> because I don't have time. You know, I, I wanted to say, when I'm involved in training people, I'm usually being paid for it. So with all due respect, this ain't working for me. Uh, you know, and I think sometimes when organizations invest, I don't want to say invest, when they execute training in a side-by-side model, um, you know, you're you're dragging your caller into that experience. And, you know, sometimes maybe that's okay. But if the person is, you know, in a hurry and just wants to get their job done, they don't want to be involved in your, you know, your your particular training program. Uh, I think a knowledge base is dependent on information architecture um, so that we are able to search, that the information is presented in bullets, that I can read it and interpret it, um, that I can get some step-by-step information as what I'm supposed to do with this field. It, it, you know, the, the interesting thing is that um, I, I, did, I did run into an example of, I think, some enlightened management um, understanding the nature of the remote agent. Um, I, you know, having just relocated, I had to, you know, switch insurance and, and do a lot of that. And I was talking to an agent and I asked a question that they couldn't answer. And without skipping a beat, and I, it felt so comfortably scripted that she said, well, I'll tell you what, let me uh, do a quick uh, jabber to my uh, my supervisor here, see if she's available and get the answer for you. Now let's continue on all the other stuff you want to talk about. And about 60, 70, 90 seconds later, she goes, oh, I just got that answer back. The answer is this. And so in real time, you could feel her reach out to her support network and get the answer back. And I was a completely delighted camper. Well, I think you have just provided the introduction to the assistant escalation topic. Because <laughs> See, I'm, a, I'm an unconscious competent that yeah, way. <laughs> yeah, right. A wingman. Because really, what is assistant escalation but for another, ver- another extension of knowledge management? I can't find it. I can't resolve it. I don't have the authority to do it. I need some, or I've lost control of it. Most people hesitate to kind of admit that but people have to get comfortable with the fact of recognizing if you've lost control if 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 caller has gotten really upset or angry um it probably has something to do with the person they're talking to and not just with the situation right uh i had a a young man in a class I was giving years ago and he worked for an insurance company and we were talking about offering an apology. You know, if call, call if caller is upset about something, simply, I'm sorry that happened. You know, I'm really sorry that that occurred. You don't have to say, I'm sorry, I didn't do it so I don't have to apologize. That's not the motto. The motto is, I'm sorry that happened. Let's see what we can do now. 
this kid actually s sits back in his chair and he says, they don't pay me enough to apologize. Really interesting. So I asked, I took a piece of paper, I put it in front of him. I said, I think all of us would enjoy knowing what they do pay you enough to do. So why don't you take a little exercise on your own and do that? But it, it's like, you know, people are making their own rules if we don't provide the environment in which they can get the information they need and feel like they're supposed to do the job that they've been hired to do. You know, it, it's, um, uh, I have found in, and I, I think you have, a, you know, we've been in the same uh, operations, that this issue, assist and escalation, is gigantic. Particularly when we look at, when we go remote, all of that, when you think about the habitat being designed so that people can push their chair back and talk to somebody, that's part of their knowledge base. That's part of their assistance strategy. When we remove that, we now have to provision an alternative way to do it. And you talked about Jabber. And, and I think the Jabber chats, the Microsoft Teams, those all have a place for answers that are explicit if and then scenarios. But if I've got something that's nuanced or confusing or there are options, oftentimes the chat, as we have found with some of our clients, the chat winds up taking a lot of time without a resolution and it results in a phone call. So in, in the village environment, we had a situation where a demand was actually masked. We didn't typically provision for that reality. We didn't say we need extra people because they're gonna be asking each other for support. Uh, in the village, we have specialists who might handle either transportation or they might handle some other, you know, compensation or, or something that we can go to. Um, but when we remove that, we have a very real and serious gap. Uh, the second gap, you know, assist is one thing. You know, what am I supposed to do? I can't find the answer. Help me resolve this. Escalation is another, uh, another story. I've lost control of the call. I got to have somewhere to send it. We've seen backups in these situations um, across a number of, of organizations uh, because the work from home model has not been provisioned to provide assistant escalation I think I think the the work at home model um, shines a bright spotlight on <clears throat> the need to empower agents more we we don't empower our folks enough they don't or they don't and or they don't feel empowered um, you know, back in the dawn of time, I remember fighting as a customer service manager, you know, how much could one of my agents uh, give away? You know, free shipping, free this, you know, be mm -hmm. because there was a situation and I would have to fight tooth and nail to, I, I would have to go ask a explicit permission to say free shipping on a $7,000 item. <sighs> 
you know. And I finally, we finally did the analysis, the back of the envelope, to say, can you afford to give away the store? Think about all the time, forget the customers, you know, being bruised by all this, but an agent talking to a team leader, talking to a supervisor, escalating up to a manager to save $1.95, when you could have just made that customer incredibly delighted just to save free shipping. So I implemented a ton of empowerment, and you know what the biggest problem I had was? They wouldn't do it, would be they my guess. They yeah, right. do it. It's like it was their money. It was their, yeah, absolutely, it was their money. I had to claw the money out of their hand and tell them, it's okay, you have complete It cost them less money than it was before when you empower them. It was, yeah. um, Once, but once they really believed me. You know, I, I think that's what happened is that they, they don't believe I can give away $100. And right. once they believed it, um, you know, we moved on to other issues because it just solved a whole lot of Well, and I think issues. that's the thing. It solves additional issues. We we had a client who had a um, their average sale. It was a B2B office products operation. The average sale was in the $150, $175 range. The agents were able to make adjustments up to $25. It's like, you know, really, <laughs> everything was escalated. Everything, every, and supervisors had, you know, literally cues backed up of these approvals to make, which make, it, it's just not. And they approved 100% of them. Exactly. I mean, yeah. and this is not a, um, you know, that's not part of a five-star experience. Five-star experience says one and done. Let the people make the judgment call and empower them. And you know what? I think people start to learn more and they pay closer attention when they have that kind of job discretion. Job discretion equals job satisfaction and that whole um, loop, if you will, of not only what I'm going to need to know, but how, where are my resources for all the knowledge that I need? Where are my ongoing tools for all the knowledge I need? Where are the people that can help me when I get stuck or I have a customer I just plain can't handle? Those are all human to human, uh, you know, concerns and they've got to be staffed. And the other side of that equation, so we have issues, we need escalation, we need knowledge, but this this whole uh, embarking on this work at home uh, next century increases the value of simplifying processes. Oh yes, so My that Lord. we don't even have to undergo the assistant es escalation. Um, and so this this knowledge base that we we're talking about really is a two way street. Not only getting knowledge to the agents, but there'd better be a four-lane superhighway from the agent to the organization about how to stop the things that cause the escalations. That's the biggest, to me, that's a mystery I haven't been able to solve in 30 plus years. Like, somebody tell me, you know, we, we had an e-commerce client that half their calls were about, where's my stuff? You know, I mean, that's 50%. You know, that's a lot of money to spend on answering a question that your e-commerce platform ought to answer. And how and, and, and it's up to the contact center to be able to gather that information and just exactly as you as, as you said and make it go away. Because otherwise the agents are like, oh we deal with that all the time. 
Oh, they don't. They can't ship anything. So they talk to agent. They, they talk to customers. They go, "It's no wonder your stuff is missing." Jeez, these people in the warehouse—they're asleep half the day. You know, I mean, it's nice to build rapport by familiarity, but that's not the best. You know, that's not the the best idea. I think that your point on, you know, what the agents need to know and taking what they learn from their interactions and being able to see manifest that corrective action and own it as their value, their contribution. And I, I think we need to see more of that. I think assistant escalation cues, when they exist, serve as a means by which to identify, again, where we see those trends and that we should be taking our, our, our resolution-oriented selves and solving the things that we're learning about through the, you know, through the center. And, you know, not to go off on a whole new topic, but that's when, you know, when the, when the contact center is identified as a strategic asset, they are more likely to enjoy the investment of, of that type of asset. Right now, far too many contact centers have to struggle for every, you know, as my, my cousin Sally, who's a, a lovely Irish woman from Donegal, says, uh, talks about one of her aunts who wouldn't buy a walker as she was getting older. She, so she was a furniture walker. She'd just go from piece of furniture to piece of furniture. And I said to Sally, well, they're not that expensive. Why doesn't she buy one? And Sally says about Sadie, ah, with Sadie, every penny's a prisoner. (laughs) (laughs) And with some organizations, every penny's a prisoner. It's like, let me out. Help me. Uh, So I think that that's, um, you know, those are some of our lessons from um, 2020 in terms of what our contact centers are going to be able to do in 2021 because i i'm i'm very much uh of the mind that the lessons of 2020 while they have been abundant they are not yet complete they are not complete and they didn't start in 2020 (laughs) thank you that's a very good ending because they did not start in 2020 but boy did they get a light shown upon them and if if people are trying to run work from home, in fact, I think that's going to be our next topic, is really talking about the successful work from home projects pro- programs, uh, because some of these programs that we're looking at, there's a, a weariness emerging from being under provisioned, not being uh, able to be supported, and not being as empowered as they need to be to produce that um, customer experience that everybody customers and companies alike are looking for all right well i agree i would say thanks for tuning in any comments questions concerns or opportunities feel free to email us at info at powerhouse one.com that's the digit one we look forward to you joining us again thanks for listening stay safe and be well and happy new year